All right. Hey, welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson. This is, uh, let me check my calendar. It looks like week four for the podcast. All right. We made it to week four. So today, if you were listening last week, you know who the guest already is. But today we have on the guy behind the scenes, Matt Taylor. Matt, thanks for coming in. It's an absolute privilege. Hey, but before we get started, I got to let everybody know that we have a, a guest that was on last week who's here to you know, talk about the winner of, of the, of the six-pack. And uh, so Chris Rubio is also going to be in the studio for just a little bit uh, here to announce the, the big winner. Rubes, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for everybody for listening to the Face Off Spot, sponsored by Rubes Brews. Absolutely. Drinking one right now. And Rubes, which one am I drinking right now? We got Red Raider Celebrator again. Wow. Oh, so this is the one. Okay. This is, I think, my favorite out of all the ones I've tried. It's uh, absolutely awesome. So uh, I'm going to enjoy this for the rest of the pod. So appreciate you bringing this on. I hope you like it, man. Yeah. Hey, so real quick, I know that you kind of, you're going to uh, announce the winner of, uh, of the person that's going to get the, the, the free beer and all that good stuff. So who, who won? Uh, our winner of the six pack was uh, Jonathan Miller. Jonathan Miller, who I, it's funny because I actually know Jonathan Miller from the Mansfield Star Center. He uh, is a firefighter. Is it in Arlington, I think? Maybe? I think so. I yeah. Know. So, I, I, you know, he's, he's a firefighter. Very, very nice guy. Comes out. He skates on uh, Friday afternoons quite a bit. Um, but anyway, it, it really couldn't go to, to a better guy, uh, in all honesty. I mean, we're supporting, you know, uh, a firefighter that is involved in hockey and, uh, and all good things. And to be honest with you, I've had actually quite a few conversations with him. He's just a super nice guy. So the fact that this, you know, beer is being, you know, given to somebody that uh, I can get behind, uh, I, I, I like where this is going, Rubes. I like this. Yeah, thanks for everybody for following along to Rubes Brews there on the Instagram page. We've got a good little following going. Thanks to Jonathan, of course. And uh, he'll, bring, he'll win the six-pack that we got, just a little assorted craft beer six-pack. And uh, yeah, just uh, want to encourage everybody again, I'm going to do some more giveaways this week. If you go to Rubes Brews on Instagram and follow us, uh, we'll, I'm going to be giving away some uh, t-shirt and some koozies today and uh, just uh, mail it out to whoever gets it. Well, so. it, it sounds to me like everybody, you know, Rubes Brews is awesome anyway, but if, if you get a chance to win some free stuff and help out a good guy, if you're a friend of mine, you would be a friend of Rubes, Okay. So go and support this guy. I mean, I, I wouldn't bring him on here in the first place. I wouldn't get involved if I didn't believe him, him and his beer. So, Rubes, I appreciate you just kind of doing all this. But like he said, you know, you're still sponsoring the podcast, and I really couldn't be happier with this uh, whole kind of kind of partnership here. So thanks again for coming in. I know that you have to head out, so, you know, like I said, Thanks for coming in. Jonathan's going to get his beer. and But, you know, hey, still go and like Rubes Brews. Get a T-shirt. Just get all the free things. Rubes has tons of shirts, tons of koozies, tons of, not to, you know, throw you under the bus here, but you just have so much so much gear, so much merchandise, you know? So, hey, guys, go out and get that free merchandise, okay? All you have to do is go like the page, follow Rubes Brews. Just, just go do it, okay? You got another hour if you're listening to the podcast. So just go do it now. Listen to us, but go right now. Go like Rubes Brews, okay? All right, Rubes, hey, thanks for showing thanks up. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good show. All right. Hey, tell Cam I said hi. All right. Hey, so Matt, back to our pod. Like I said, uh, thanks for coming on. So I don't think that a lot of people, if they're listening for the first time, kind of understand, you know, because I've, I've given you a huge shout out for the past you know, few weeks. And the biggest part of that is when you're trying to grow something and you're trying to, you have this idea and, you, you know, you're, you're trying to reach your goals. There's a certain point where you're like, what am I not very good at? Oh, okay, I'm not, and this is not going to surprise any of my friends, family, anybody listening that really knows me. I am not the most technical, is that even the right word, technical? Sure. Sure, tech, yeah, Matt, Matt's like, yeah, okay, you kind of know. Uh, I am not the most you know, technically sound uh, person in the world. So kind of to go back to the story, it kind of, this first time, now we, we've known each other for quite a while and, you know, at the rink and, you know, you've been captains of teams, like you're, you're really involved in, in Mansfield hockey, but, you know, just kind of the, 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 it was after the first episode, you just kind of reached out and you really were just kind of like, Hey, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I definitely appreciated that. And you kind of told me a little bit, you know, about your background and, and, and your involvement. And well, what do I need to call this? Do I call, I, I don't want to call it IT, but I don't, I'm stupid. I don't know what to call it. What do I call it? Magic, maybe. Magic. Okay. No, that's it. That is it. Okay. Because I cannot, I would not, and to be honest with you, if you're listening to this right now, there's probably a 75% chance it's because of what Matt Taylor has done. Okay. It, this is something that he supported. And I really wanted to, you know, I, 
I wanted this to be a good product right off the bat. You know, I'm sure there's people that are like, hey, listen to my podcast and you listen to it and you're like, well, you didn't take the time to, you know, have good quality, you know, and uh, real quick, I don't know if anybody realizes this, but we actually are recording from the, uh, the studio here with, with Steve Casillo here. And he is the best. Uh, everybody's given me just props on, 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 on the quality of, of, of the sound and everything. So, like, there's, I'm only kind of one part of this, this whole deal. But as soon as you reached out and, you know, you're kind of willing to help me. I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, hey, like, I'll pay you. Just please help me. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I you know, I, I got it put on some website that, that really wasn't, you know, up to par with kind of what I was looking for. And you said, "Hey, I don't, I'm not trying to take any money from you. I just, I just want to be, I just want to be a part of it, and I want to help grow this, this thing. And I, like to me, that is right in line with, you know, what Rubes is trying to do, and Newman, and Corby, and like all of us. And I really feel like, you know, you've just been a huge part of this. But you just, without that last kind of shout out at the end, I don't think people realize how involved in this you've been and how, you know, appreciated you are. So I just, you know." Sorry to keep growing on, but it's just, I hope that you understand how appreciative I've been of, of all the help that you put towards this. No, no, absolutely. And it was it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. I saw you, you posted the first episode. I'm, I'm a huge listener of podcasts. Um, and it was, you know, one of these things where I, I heard the episode, and I was like, I know he's doing this on his own. <clears throat> Maybe I can take some of the, the free time I have right now because nobody was doing anything anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is during quarantine, yeah. Um, and, you know, I've I've been around the block before. I, I do IT stuff. I'm a software developer. So this is kind of a second nature um, so I, you know, kind of pointed you in the direction of a lot of things. I recommended, hey, maybe use this or try this. Um, and, and that's all I really did was kind of push you in the direction of, of some things and make some recommendations for stuff too. Yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, obviously it's much appreciated, but you know, I, I'm in, in, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, like, why is Matt Taylor trying to help me out here? And it, it's not, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of to help me out. I hope you think I'm a good person trying to do the right things here, but I think it's just in line with what the goal of the podcast is, is to grow the sport in any way possible, you know? And I know that you were kind of, and to be honest with you, I didn't realize this until we kind of talked right before the pod, but you were really, really heavily involved with kind of like getting this whole Mansfield Star Center kind of started in the first place. Can you kind of go over that again just for these listeners? Because it's just kind of, uh, with, with the way that you pointed it out, I mean, there's so many people that were involved in me being down here and there being a rink down here, you know, I, and I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. I, I took this job, I couldn't point out Mansfield on a map, you know, but the fact that there were so many people already down here doing work in order to to get this going, it, it just seemed like this really, really kind of cool thing. So can you kind of go over just a little bit about what was happening before I got down here and before the rink was being built? I know there was a lot of back and forth. Some people wanted it, some people didn't. And, you know, just to say it right now before you get started, but I think Mansfield's proved that there's plenty of people that are wanting to come to that rink. I mean, I feel like we've been very, very successful, but a lot of that was just the groundwork that you and a few other people did, correct? Yeah, and, and I was just a, a tiny piece of this, but um, it kind of it kind of goes back maybe four or five years ago. Um, this had been a, an agenda item for the city council for, for a while. It had been talked about for years, actually. Um, and, it, and it took kind of the, the, the spearhead from Jenny Conrad, um, who had two younger chi children that were, that were in the... They're at the rink all the time now. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She's, uh, she's great. Sorry to interrupt. She's no, great. no, that's fine. That's fine. And um, she kind of took the bull by the horn and kind of met with the stars, met with the city council, and kind of pushed a lot of this stuff. And it was probably maybe 90% of her effort. Um, they did a lot of this, but towards, you know, you know, a year or two before, you know, the rink actually opened, she kind of got together a, a handful of folks that had been also interested in this and put together uh, the early stages of a nonprofit. And we would meet and discuss, hey, what can we do as, as people that are promoting this rink and trying to get the city to, to buy into this? What can we do to help them and help the community? And so we talked about different events we could put on, different ways people could come to the rink, how that would you know reflect on the city and what we could do. Um, and, and we met a handful of times. Um, and it you know, we, we got to a point where the city was coming out and, and participating in this, um, and then they backed out a little bit, and it had kind of been par for the course for some of this up and down we had had. There were so many points where the rink was going to happen, and then the next week, well, no, this fell through. You know, we, we got to another point where it was, it was, there was an agreement with a local business to kind of help you know, you know, put money into the rink, and then that fell through. Mm -hmm. And it was just up and down one week or month after another, and and 
we finally just kept pushing and, and then mostly again from Jenny and her family. Mm-hmm. Um, but enough people showed up at city council meetings at, at events for the city, for the rink that it, it finally kind of got pushed through there. Yeah. But I mean, when you're looking at like why, and this is the story that a lot of people don't see about rinks being built. They don't, you know, I mean, every once in a while there's, you know, big, you know, uh, uh, corporate rink or you know something gets built but that's that's very far you know a few in between i mean most of the time it's kind of this grassroots effort as far as saying like hey like this is the community here these are the people that are involved and at the end of the day what do you have to gain except for i mean obviously you live in mansfield you're from mansfield so there's a rink that's a little bit closer but with all that work that you put in i mean you're doing that for kids to grow i mean you grew up down here and you were having to travel how far to play hockey oh about an hour or so and there was a there was a long history of hockey down here in mansfield you know i i've hired a couple of of guys that graduated from mansfield if you look at my men's league team i have four or five people you know that and they tell me stories all the time about oh we had to drive you know an hour this way and you know you're still going to travel a little bit you know when you're playing high school hockey but when you get to be old like us and you're playing men's league and you don't have you know a whole lot of time you know there you just you want a rink that's close but it really seemed like the people that were kind of putting this together and kind of starting this this movement they 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 weren't just doing it for themselves you know that's just uh they were doing it to 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 grow and they they knew what was already down here and i think sometimes that's the the hard part you know when i first moved down here you know i'd be talking to people about oh what do you do oh well i I work at an ice rink down in mansfield oh i didn't realize that we had ice rinks in texas well actually it's one of the fastest growing areas for hockey so it's like even though you you have this this goal that you know is obtainable and you know that there's people that will will visit that rink you're still having to to kind of convince people that have no clue what it is that, that you're that you're shooting for and you know, it has to be a lot of, you know, patience on your guys in, but, you know, also just knowing how to navigate that. I mean, you know, I'm, I don't want to speak for everybody at the star center, but I think there's just a huge kind of debt that goes towards that because without that, we're not here. The rink isn't as, isn't as successful as it is now. I mean, that's how all those rinks start. So if you're, if you're playing hockey and, and, you know, get to know the history about how your rink came to be and, and, and the people that were involved. I mean, there's a lot of really, really cool stories behind that. And I just kind of, you know, this one just sort of popped up, but, um, like I said, it, this, this was just something I found out recently, but, you know, I obviously had you on because you're kind of, uh, the man behind the scenes a little bit, but uh, can you kind of talk about your your playing experience a little bit? Because I know you're you're from here, but I, I kind of want to give people you know a little bit of that Mansfield history that we were talking about. So yeah. can you kind of go through how you started? Yeah, and, sure. You know. Yeah. So I mean, I I think I started playing hockey like a lot of guys from the Dallas area did. I played roller hockey mm-hmm. at at six, seven, four, five, six, seven around then. Um, graduated to ice hockey. Um, played at the one rink that was closest to us over in, in uh, west part of Fort Worth um, that had previously been a bowling alley. Okay. And anybody that's been in Dallas a long time knows about there the rink know, yep. with the with the electric Zamboni. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. But um, so I played there, and then I played at um, what's now Nitex. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Blue Line back then. Um, and then I played uh, high school for Mansfield um, for five years, I think, starting eighth grade, met a ton of friends. I know all the guys on your team, oh, yeah, yeah, by the yeah. way. <laughs> no, for sure. No, you, yeah, um, you're, you're well known in my rink. Everybody yeah. knows you. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, you know, went on to college, didn't play anymore after that. Yeah. Um, but came back, um, buddy said, Hey, we need, we need a sub for our men's league game. And I hadn't played in a couple of years, but, um, over in Duncanville mm-hmm. back then. Um, but, I went and, you know, subbed for that team, and I don't think I've not played since. Well, and I was about to say, you kind of actually made a huge leap from going to playing because I think we have this in common. I don't, you're, you're not coordinating any teams right now, but that's just recently, correct? Right, correct, correct. So, I mean, what type of crazy per? well, I guess I, I am and, and you did, but if you're if you're trying to be, uh, uh, I think we should try and explain to the listeners, if you're a uh, men's league uh, coordinator for your team, it's essentially like babysitting adults. Isn't that sort of what it is? One, uh, yes, 100%. And then and adults that you're always having to, to beg for money from. Oh, and, and, and that you get nothing. I mean, there, there's a little bit of like, you know, pride in the team that you've put together and kind of being in charge of things. But at the end of the day, you know, be, be, being a captain, or I should say captain coordinator, it, it's, it's um, you know, a thankless job. You know, there you get people all the time. Oh, this guy, that guy. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, I've put so much just volunteer effort into putting this team together in the first place like let's just all but when you i will say though there is kind of this cool thing where you get to kind of pick like what is your team made out of and 
you know, and I, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, but I'm sure you've come across this too. Every once in a while, a guy comes along and it's like, you know what, this does, it doesn't jive, you know, and you got to kind of keep that, whatever your goal or your idea is for that men's league team, at that point, it's kind of, you know, up to you. So in, in, a, in a weird way, being a captain, yeah, you do have control over some things, but all the other stuff you have to deal with, it's just kind of like, you know, everybody else just gets to show up and play hockey. Um, you know, it's funny. Most of my event staff team, I don't know how many of them listen to the pod. I think a, a good deal of them do. But, you know, I, I tell them all the time, like, look, I'm not going to send you out an email every week. You know, the, this there's, there's the Internet. It exists. You're going to get the same information from the seb, same website that I get it from. So, you know, I think some of my guys try and give me a hard time. But there's been a couple times I've jokingly been like, all right, well, I think I'm you know going to take next season off. I'll just have one of you guys do it. No, 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 no. You should no. So anytime they want to complain, you just kind of start being like, OK, like maybe I because they're just so used to. All right, I pay my money. I show up. It's like, oh, yeah, you don't have to deal with you know, chasing money around, all this other stuff. So I do think it's kind of a, a thankless job. But if you've been a coordinator, you know, you can kind of jive with other coordinators. And I think they, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, it's, it's putting hockey together. It's growing hockey. And sometimes you have to start off a little slow. I know when event staff started when I first got down here and I didn't know anybody, you know, I know maybe a handful of people, but if you look back at that first season and where we're at now, it's just, you got guys that have been playing together for a few years now. And you really, you know, Rubes and I kind of talked about this last week, but you kind of get this like brotherhood with people, you know, and you kind of like just become, I know we were talking about our good friend, Nate, Nate Nevia, who I think I am going to have on the uh, the podcast uh, at some point. But, uh, you know, you just, we were talking about those, those really loyal kind of friends that you get, you know, so I'm sure that you have plenty of people that would come to, you know, bat for you at the end of the day. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. I've, uh, I think I've been really lucky. Um, I started playing with a team maybe almost 15 years ago, uh, and I'm still playing with some of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been we've been more or less on the same team for the past 15 years, whether it was in Euless or Duncanville or here in Mansfield um, or at the Parks Mall. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys have all kind of traveled together. I don't know. I don't know that every team has been able to do that or you yeah. know, every group of guys has been it able to It says a keep. lot about your team though when it when it when it does yeah. kind of continue Yeah. And it's that way. it's one of those things that you know I think I'm at the point now where I I know I'm not a great hockey player but yeah, I like to go out player. there and I like to play but I'd rather hang out with my friends. Oh, like I'd rather just have a bunch of guys that I want to you know play with come out shoot the puck around and, yeah. and have fun and you know chirp at them in the locker room after the game yeah. or or from the penalty box or whatever. Yeah, you, it, most likely I, I don't think this surprised anybody that's listening. But you can find Matt in the penalty box if you look up in the scoreboard. If it's like third period, if there's about three minutes left, you might find Matt in the uh, the old penalty box. But most of the time, I feel like it's just good fun. He's not you know whatever. But yeah, I, I think that uh, you know every once in a while you might find you there, huh? I've been I've been known to take a trip. Been known to take a trip every once in a while, but then it's always just kind of the hey, you know, you just kind of for a lot, but it's just kind of like you know, it's just it's actually really smart, and it's one of those things to where you can tell you played hockey for a while because if you're gonna get one and you're gonna kind of this sounds bad, get back at a guy or whatever, make it at the end. You know what I mean? You're gonna sit anyway. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where hey, uh, I've kind of been thinking about this for a while, and you know, if I'm only if if this is my last shift, you know, I might kind of try and take advantage of it uh, at this point. But I just always think it's kind of funny. Actually, this this kind of came up, just popped in my head right now. But I think the last time that I saw you at the rink, I was kind of walking past you. And I think you'd like just been kicked out or something. But you're over, you're kind of by the locker rooms talking. And we have a good relationship. We always kind of joke around with one another. So I was kind of joking around with you. I go, oh, did you already get kicked out? You go, I don't want to talk about it. I just don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. So I didn't actually see kind of what happened there. But it's just, it's always kind of funny seeing your buddies just like, hey, what, what happened? Why aren't you in the game here? Yeah, that's, that's definitely. I can't think of how many times, you know, over the years, I've been kicked out, but then you're sitting on the glass outside joking with the guys that are playing oh, the next game. Oh, it happens every time. I mean, the and I, I think that the, it gets dangerous when you have, like, the new guys that don't know that there's, like, an actual way to go about that you know because if you get into it and not not nothing against the lower divisions or whatever but when you have guys that have have played for a long time like they're able to separate the game and then the personal stuff you know and i think that that's just one of those things to where and especially if you know like you're not out there being dangerous or anything it's just you know every once in a while if you feel like you got clipped or whatever like there is a time to kind of pay that back but i don't think anybody's necessarily out there trying to headhunt you because i think they know at some point you might uh might take it in your own hands maybe I mean, uh, maybe try to get it back a little bit and at the end of the day hockey's a pretty emotional game oh, i mean sure. you've got you're, you're got guys going fast you know 
playing body on each other, and it, and it happens. It's it's an emotional game, and you're out there. You and that's why they have the penalty, right? Mm-hmm. You, you do something wrong, you sit down, you, in you time out. You feel the shame. You feel the shame. And then you and then you go back and play again, and that's what you know makes it so good. Oh yeah, no, no, for sure, absolutely. And it's just kind of one of those things to where. You know, um, if, if you can kind of keep it within the lines, it's just a part of the game. You know, there's nothing really, uh, there's nothing dangerous about it. It's just part of the, you know, there's some posturing to it and whatnot. But uh, hey, but uh, one thing you were just talking about, um, I kind of meant to uh, go back to, but I don't really feel like there's enough players down here that are playing roller hockey. I don't think people realize you can go outside and play roller hockey. The muscles that you use to, now granted, you don't have the same edge work because you're on wheels instead of edge, but if you take the edges out of it, it's the same stride. It's the same, puck's a little bit lighter, but it's free. I feel like there's so many kids down here that they're just waiting to get on the ice, okay? Like, you know, when I was growing up, you know, my parents weren't poor, but they weren't wealthy, and, you know, and my dad even ran, you know, most of the rinks when I was growing up, but it was one of those things to where if I really just wanted to go out and skate, I was going to go play roller hockey. I'll get my friends together. I'll, I'll go out. There's just not enough people that, that they just think that they can only get better once they step out on the ice. And if you're waiting for those one or two hours, I mean, how many hours a week when you were playing roller hockey did you play roller hockey? All of them. Way more than you would have if you were playing ice hockey, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So it's one of those things, like, if you're trying to get those reps in, I mean, I always tried to make sure that I was playing ice and roller. You know, I like I think it can kind of be a little dangerous to maybe just go and only play roller for a little while and then expect to come back play ice well. But if you're doing them both at the same time, they really kind of complement each other in this really kind of like cool way. So like I actually, you know, Newman's a big roller player. Corby, you know, plays a lot of roller. So does Roops. So all the, <laughs> the first four guys I brought on here. But I think that has something to do with you talking about like when you're growing up, there wasn't a whole lot of ice. And if there isn't, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the sport. And especially, I, you know, when I was growing up, we had a bunch of kids, you know, I played competitive hockey. There were kids that were just super, super, super good at roller. And it took them a couple months of playing ice to just become really, really good ice players. Like, I don't think that the difference between the game is that much to where you have these parents like, no, 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 I I don't know when that kind of changed, but I felt like when we were growing up, it was, you know, most of the kids played roller on their off time, you know? I mean, that and you could do it outside, too. And yeah. I think that was kind of something we kind of rediscovered during this during this quarantine stuff is I went and bought a hockey goal. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a four-year-old at home, and so one of the things we did several times during during our kind of time at home was we went to the the church across the street that had a big parking lot. Oh, that, the church parking lot. Yeah. I don't know what it is about church parking lots, but they do very well with their parking lots. We used to play there too. Yeah. yeah. And, and we set up the goal and I got him a stick and a puck and we'd play out there. He'd play for 20 minutes or so and then he'd go drive his Jeep around and mm-hmm. I'd, I'd work on on shots and then he'd come back and we'd play some more and we probably played out there for a couple hours. And yeah. it, that was something we just hadn't done. We'd maybe done it in the driveway for 10 minutes at a time or something, but getting to spend time just playing street hockey well, was yeah. a lot of fun. And, and, and I also think it's one of those things to where, you know, you have these parents and, 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 you know, you have a kid that's, you know, about to start, I'm assuming about to start kind of getting into hockey here. And what a lot of people don't understand is even that kind of beginner equipment is kind of expensive. And if you don't know if your kid likes it or not, you know, it can kind of be uh, kind of detrimental to think, Oh, I have to pay this much. Get your kids out there in some rollerblades, get, put a stick in their hand, put a roller puck or a ball or whatever. If they like that and they stick with that long enough, they're going to enjoy ice hockey too. You know, there's just some of these parents roll the dice with, you know, ice hockey. And I, I'm always open to anybody trying ice hockey at any point, but it's kind of a safer, you know, little bet there just to go out, do roller. If they like roller, they're going to like ice, maybe possibly even more, you know? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that I ever liked ice hockey, you know, less than roller, but at the same time, they're, they're just so close as far as value to me. And there's also a certain part of roller that I think you get really good with like your hands and your, mm-hmm. your, the passing lanes, things opening up. There's a lot more time and space since people can't stop on a dime. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's one of those, like a lot of the, you know, best hockey players, or ice hockey players I've ever played with have played roller just for a really, really long time. There's just certain things that you can kind of focus on and and, and try and get better at. But uh, no, ro- roller has been great. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that you brought that up. But when are you going to get your kid into ice hockey? I, I see you out there skating, public skate all the time. And Matt Taylor fashion, I saw him check his own kid into the boards a couple times. I, you know, he, he acted like he was an accident, but I, I saw it with my own eyes. Um, but when are you going to get him out there to, to, to take your legacy and just, when is he going to move forward with that? Uh, to, to be fair, he did ask to be checked. He so did? He did. It was a clean hip check. It was clean. Com- completely clean. Absolutely. There was but, just uh, a little bit of size difference. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, he did. He actually did the little rookies program um, that the Star Center put on, and he had a great time. He, he loved wearing all the gear. 
um, we're, we're going to go buy some new gear, some of his own, yeah, yeah. and he'll start maybe hopefully in the fall or the spring or something. Yeah, I mean, he's, start he's, doing... still, he's still young. Yeah, he's, just, he's yeah. four. So, time. But, but to be honest with you, every time I've seen him out there, he's having fun. And, you know, I don't have kids, but if there's one thing I just get kind of super jealous with, it's seeing these dads and their kids, because that, that's the way my dad and I were when I was growing up. He was always my coach, and there's just something, like, really kind of cool with that, you know, because you kind of, you understand the game well enough, but then you're trying to, like, kind of impart these things that you've already kind of learned about it. I mean, there's a whole lot of, you know, dads you see and they, they bring their kids and their kids start playing. And then you kind of look at the dads and you're like, you want to be out there, don't you? And they've never played before, but you can just kind of see that. And then you wait a couple of weeks and they're out there, you yeah. know, it's just kind of that initial trying to get through it. But if you grew up playing, it's kind of one of those things where like, oh, I could actually guide you. I know what, you know, cause I'm assuming that neither one of your parents played. Mm, nope. Yeah. So you kind of started, but like once you start and you've kind of already, navigated and you've kind of already done the things it's like you know you can kind of impart and that's not necessarily to push anybody into playing a sport that they may or may not want to play but it's one of those things like if he wants to play it you've already you've already navigated it and you can help him and it's easier because a lot of these parents that don't know about the sport it's nothing against them but it's just it's uh it's kind of difficult to pick up sometimes you know as far as like what are the rules and what's happening here and why well i have to get my skate sharp you know there's just certain things that a lot of people don't think about there's just there's all these different factors when you know kind of when you go in and play so you know i just i'm, I'm happy to see him out there having a good time because he was all smiles having fun even when he's getting checked in the boards by his dad but you know it's just kind of all part of the process here but uh real quick i wanted to kind of swing over into the something we were kind of talking about earlier but it's kind of like the um, you know, you, you've given me so many really good ideas as far as kind of like what I could do with this podcast and these different platforms as far as like where I could kind of kind of put it. And I think that I kind of decided like I want to make this more than just, uh, you know, a, a podcast. I want this to be kind of like a kind of a, a group, uh, like a hockey group that gets together and does things. So like one of the ideas that we actually you know, we talked about earlier, and I've actually talked to, I think Newman and I are trying to kind of uh, spearhead this whole thing, but we're going to get a, a weekly skate together. You know, it's going to be people that are involved, listeners, you know, uh, part of the podcast. And I think the idea, and we could kind of switch this up if we needed to, but the idea is that we would have, you know, sign up for three weeks at a time. Okay. You have, you have a list of 20 guys that have signed up for that, those three weeks. You pick two captains, those captains they go through and they pick off that list one by one by one and then those two teams they play each other best of three so essentially you know all the guys pretty much that I'm going to end up putting on that list and I really just feel like you know it's 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 really it's how I'm trying to grow the sport you know it, it's going to be out there for the right re- we're not even gonna have referees out there so you might actually you could actually really get away with some things but the I, I joke I joke but it's one of those things to where I'm having people out there that are all just trying to grow the sport and have fun and there's gonna be some guys out there that haven't been playing that long but they're guys that we like and we like being around and and that also listen to the pod and, and kind of want to grow the sport so i mean my question to you is like uh what week do you want to be captain i'm assuming that matt taylor is, is going to have to be captain because you have a long history of being a captain so you know it, it'll, it'll be kind of interesting to, to to see who picks who but uh you're on the list are, are you cool with that absolutely yeah so another thing that we were talking about is kind of having this I don't know if you want to call it like a live watch party for the stars. So, you know, when the stars come back, there aren't going to be any fans. There's nobody going to the American Airlines Center. So how do they how do they go about listening, you know, to those games? Like, how are they getting their commentary? And this is nothing against the commentary for the, you know, uh, NHL games, NBC, you know, wherever you watch it. They do a great job. But we kind of talked about, you know, there's some people that just kind of want more of a, a genuine kind of conversation about the game going on. You know, and just kind of, you know, listening to your because we've all played hockey. You know, when I say all of us, I'm talking about, you know, Newman, Corby and Rubes and you and, and myself and some of these other guys that we know that know a lot about hockey. Like, how awesome would it be to just kind of do like a live uh, watch party of that and kind of explain like what's going on, like what's happening? The, the one thing I will say that I kind of have a, an issue with is they don't necessarily do a great job about explaining what's happening out there except to people that already know the game. So, you know, you get these people, and I don't know how many people you've tried to get into watching hockey, but sometimes they're like, what is happening? Like, what's going on? Like, why, you know? And if you don't understand, you know, the positioning of it and where people are and why they are where they are, it can be kind of confusing. And not only that, but, you know, you can kind of just listen to us kind of be free and open. We don't have to worry about kind of what we're saying. As long as, as, long as we're talking about the game and kind of chatting this, that, I, I think it could be like this really kind of cool 
like, I don't know, experience, you know? And it's just, I like watching hockey games with all the boys anyway. So, if you know, kind of, really all you're doing is kind of adding the a recording aspect to it. It happens all the time anyway. How many times are you watching Stars games with your buddies? Oh, why did Klinberg turn the puck over for the hundredth time? This game? Or, you know, you just, and everybody kind of has their different takes on these players' skills and, and this and that. And I, I just, I think it'd be like this really kind of, kind of cool thing. But you were, you were on board with that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, no. In, in any chance I can get to not have to listen to Pierre Maguire, uh, oh, between the God. glass, um, take, like, I'll take it. I mean, talk about, I mean, nothing against him, but like, like when you have like, I don't know, I would say what, 75 to 80% of the people being like, every time this guy comes on and tries to talk, I just want to turn the TV. Like I just, you know, the, I don't know if you saw those shirts that they had printed off, but it just says, shut up, Pierre. And they like, everybody has them now. And it's just kind of this whole thing. Like I said, I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but it's just so disingenuous it's just not like like talk to me like a real person you know what i mean and i feel like a lot of those kind of like old school hockey heads and there are some really good commentators that they have but they know how to talk to people you know and not in a way to where we feel like you know we're not in kindergarten you know and, and I, I think there's a the neat a neat aspect to this though is is you know when you listen to you know the stars broadcast you're getting a broadcast right they're okay. telling you what's happening it's it's again not conversational but if you can you know have a conversation while this is going on and not necessarily just say, oh, Klingberg turned over the puck. Maybe start talking about Klingberg's you know, other aspects or just other parts of the game that are related to it, not just the play-by-play. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that could be really fun. Yeah, and pro- pros and cons to it because, you know, at the end of the day, I I work for the Stars, but in a completely different fashion. You know, I can be honest about what I think about, and I'm a Stars fan. Like, I, I like the Stars. I think they have a good chance of winning, but at the same time, like, if I have criticisms, criticisms or whatnot, like, I want to be able to share those with people. And, you know, I, I think that's part of what you don't get from a lot of the commentary because they know at the end of the day they have to make everybody seem like they're kind of, you know. And uh, and part of that, I, I think, is I understand it because, you know, they, they work for the NHL and they want to promote the game the way that they are. But every once in a while, they're just like, all right, this guy needs to be called out. You know what I mean? Why is nobody talking about this, that, that? And, you know, obviously that wouldn't be the focus of the pod. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm just, I'm watching the game with so many people that know the game and we're all thinking the same thing and we don't hear anything about what, what it is that we're thinking, you know? So is there a disconnect between what normal, you know, hockey fans and what they're trying to, you know? Yeah, no, I think, I think this is a perfect time if there ever is one to do something different, right? Like we've, we've been listening to hockey fans, listening to broadcast games for our entire lives. Maybe, maybe trying something different isn't going to hurt. Yeah. Um, and on a side note, I would, 100% listen to a podcast of just chirping at Pierre. Oh, oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that that's a, that's a long time, and I don't know if we'd have that much material, but I guarantee you it's still, it would find its way into probably every single one. It's funny because they, they kind of put out, you know, who's doing the games at the time, and every time I see that he's on there, I'm like, why? Why are, you know what I mean? Like, Brian Boucher does the same thing much better, much more just, he's just better in every aspect, and they have a couple other guys that do it, but it's just that, Hi, Pierre. You know, it's just so kind of disingenuous. But outside of that, I don't think there's anybody that's really just kind of mutually just disliked between all the hockey fans. And the funny thing, I wouldn't say this if I didn't think that this was the majority of people. You know, I'm not trying to upset anybody, but have you ever met somebody that's like, no, Pierre's great. That person does not exist. That person does not exist. I've never met that. I mean, if anything, it's just like, okay. And I want to say that he was involved in like, coaching it could you imagine like coaching a team he was in upper management for a while and they they did not do well like it's just one of those to where like if you want to get like uh you know control of a room that would be the last guy i would send in you know talking but uh hey so have you always been a stars fan i mean i'm assuming so but yeah yeah since since day one i mean starting you know getting interested in hockey at, at you know seven or eight you know they were the only hockey team around and yeah that was i had my my old stars jerseys um, and my old stars, the first hockey stick I ever got is a funny story was from pizza hut. Um, they gave away a Dallas stars hockey stick with like some pizza order. Yeah, and so I used that in roller hockey. I used that outside and it got shaved down oh, probably to, to where it was just a little yeah and, and I had yeah. a roller hockey coach say, Hey, you can't, you can't use that stick the ball, anymore. The ball just flips yeah. over the top of it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, so yeah, stars fan since day one. Well, Hey, but well, that's awesome. So I have to ask you real quick then, cause I, I mean, I'm assuming that with us being stars fans that you're okay with the playoff format that was put together. Cause we're sitting pretty, I'm cool with it. Yeah. It's a, I mean, I think it's a pretty good format. It's, it's different. 
but I think it's it's maybe the only way you could have really done it. I think it's fantastic for the stars that have a chance to jump twelve points and potentially be the first seed. <laughs> In like three games. Yeah. So yeah. I I think it's I think it's funny on the other end too. They've got some teams that really shouldn't have been anywhere near the playoffs mm-hmm. that are getting a chance to do it. Um, but I honestly don't care, man. I'm just I'm just ready to watch some hockey. Yeah. No, I th- I think everybody's kind of right there with you. It's one of those things to where. Look, it's not going to be perfect for anybody, and and we talked about this last week, but you know we just have to move forward. You know this is this is not you can't really take what happened in the regular season. I know they obviously took some of it into account as far as positioning and you know placement of seeds and whatnot, but like can we all just get together and just decide this is a new thing? Can we just say that this is the top you know twenty four and can we just like move forward with this just for this little bit? You know it's not like we'll pick it up again next next year. My only thing, and I think that Corby and I, week two, we talked about this. It's just, I feel like you win, a, you award a, a tournament cup or a something. I really feel like it's going to be difficult to really take that Stanley Cup home. And, you know, because all these guys have been rested and healthy and haven't had to battle through. I mean, this year would be like, you know, there's no other year that would be like this year. Yeah, I, it's an interesting argument. Like, I had a debate with, with a good buddy who, you know, is made the point that it's still the Stanley Cup. And you're still going to be excited, but there's still a point where, you know, it's not the same. You missed half the season almost. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to work your way through those injuries. Yeah, and it, it, it feels different. It's still the Stanley Cup. It's still, you know, this tournament at the end of the year. But it, it, there's something about it that I think feels different. Well, and I think that, I mean, I feel like Stars fans should know more than anybody. I think... I hope I don't get this wrong, but I felt like it was Mike Madonna one time. They found out after the playoffs or Stanley Cup win that he was just completely broken. His foot was broken, his arm was broken, like his ribs. And you find out, I mean, it's not just Mike Madonna. It's 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 NHL players all the time, you know, after the playoffs are over. You know, even if they get eliminated, you know, the next day they kind of come out with like, oh, by the way, these, because they don't release those injuries during the, when they're still in play, because that would be stupid. They usually say upper body injury, lower body injury. You figure it out. It's on one of those two, which everybody has, or most people have an upper body and lower body. So there's really kind of no way to kind of figure that out. But, you know, there's just part of that, you know, imagine starting, this might not be the best, but starting a marathon halfway through. It's like, yeah, I won the marathon. Well, but would you have done as good as the people that had to run the whole one? Like, I know everybody started from that same middle point, but did you run a marathon? You know, did you, because that really, with, with as long as that NHL season is, I really feel like that's kind of the the thing is like, did you have what it takes to, to win that? Did you have, because it takes more than just however many games they need to play in order to win that. So it is, you know, I... I love the Stanley Cup. It's it's a it's a it's a holy it's a holy artifact to you know people like you and me. But I, I almost feel like that makes it, you know, you can't award anything else. But there's just in my brain, I'm totally cool with the playoff format. But it's just it's something about. I, I think some of these players aren't necessarily going to want that uh, or want their name on it just because it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's 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 a weird it's a weird situation. And then you also have players that um, are kind of uneasy about coming back at all. Um, you know, there's there's still a ton of question marks about how you handle some of this COVID-19 stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and some of them have said, you know, we're, you know, the, the guys, some of them over in Europe are, are, are saying, we don't know that we want to do this, mm-hmm. you know, return to play thing. Yeah. I mean, what happens if they don't come back? Right. You may, you may not have full squads. You may be missing a handful of guys. Well, and the, the thing was, is like, yeah, the, the teams voted on it. So like, okay, the majority of the players on this team decided that they're okay with it. Okay, but what about the players that didn't? Like, they still have a freedom to be like, I am not okay with this. I'm not, and we don't know who those players are. We don't know, you know, it, it, it's going to kind of be, interesting to kind of see and I, I I don't know the ins and outs of this because I'm not a huge baseball guy but I think I saw something that MLB whatever t- type of format was presented they're like nah like we're not like we're gonna just we're not gonna do that yeah you know yeah. so I mean there's certainly you know there's still people that are hesitant about coming back and I can certainly understand that you know because I think for you and me it's you know selfishly yes we want to turn the TV on we want there to be hockey we want there to be something to talk about with the boys and we want to start our hockey back up again and we want to get started but everybody at the end of the day has their own personal freedom to say yes or no or or do any of these things so I feel like until we kind of figure out you know at the end of the day I don't think any of these NHL teams can force players to play yeah you I mean you can miss out on on you know contract things but if you're a free agent at the end of the year you're not really yeah (laughs) you can not show up and then not really hurt you all that much yeah. but um you know it's it's 
it's a tough situation because some of these guys, you know, they have families they have to worry about. Yep. Um, you know, not just them going around to these, you know, these home cities that they're going to do these games in potentially, but also, you know, what are their families doing during this time too? Can they come with them? Can they not? Yeah. You know, how do they do that? So they're, they're, there's more to it than just, let's get our game back together. Yeah. And I think it's easy for us on the other side of it to be like, yeah, play, you know? And at the end of the day, and I'm speaking for myself here, but if there are certain players that don't want to come back, okay, that's fine. But then bring up an AHL guy or, or whatever it is, just as long as there's hockey, I don't think that we're necessarily saying like, okay, like we need all the players, the rosters need to be the same. It's one of those, you know, the teams are still entitled to people that are prospects and people that are working their way up. I mean, there's still people that those franchises have decided to invest in in one way or another. So it's not like, you know, if they're playing for that team, that team has already decided like, hey, we think that you're worth being a part of our roster. If it's not our NHL roster, it's our AHL roster and, and kind of so forth. But you know, it'll be really, really kind of interesting to see how this all works out. I do think, and I know we already talked about this, but I do think it's good that the NHL got in front of it before, you know, NBA. Because I know NBA is doing something now to where they're going to, like, Orlando, and there's, like, 22 teams. And I want to say they're playing, like, eight games. I might get this wrong. I know it's Orlando. I know it's NBA. But they're going to play a certain amount of games just to kind of figure out where everybody kind of lies within that uh, seating and kind of who makes it and who doesn't. But... You know, not a huge basketball guy, but at the end of the day, I think that's great that that's kind of getting started. But I think it's even greater that the NHL kind of got ahead of it and said, like, all right, like we're already, you know, because uh, it's just there's a lot of buzz behind that. And there's a lot of a lot of cool things. But um, but we're talking about hockey coming back. Are you ready for men's league to come back? Because men's league's coming back. I've I've had my gear set aside on the wall, um, airing out for three months now, and I look at it every morning. Yeah. And I let's go. I want. I'm ready to go. So you got the. Do you have the Steven Seagulls uh, jersey hanging? Is that the? I do. I've got the Seagulls. We also had a a whole set of jerseys for the the men's league tournament that we were gonna do, um, in in April. They got they got postponed, mm-hmm. and those jerseys are ready to go too. Um, so, and this is actually one of the things I want to talk to you about. But you have like a lot of cool team jerseys, and Nate, can you walk us through some of the history of some of the team names and cool <laughs> Matt, Matt Matt's a, a I don't know what to call you a jersey guy like his jerseys are always on point the names are always on point you can tell it's not his first rodeo as far as kind of putting teams together and it being kind of funny and this kind of aspect but you got to go through so, not just the names but how it kind of came to be because you know the Steven Seagulls they were around kind of that first season I got down here and it was obviously the most entertaining uh out of all of the names so it's one of those that I know sometimes it sounds kind of whatever but it kind of perks your ear up and you, you start, you, you remember those teams because there's kind of like this clever kind of name behind it. So can you go behind? You know, yeah. Yeah. That? We, I mean, we, we've been doing men's league for a while, like I said, and it, it comes from having the same guys on the same team for a long time. You kind of just get to get familiar with each other and you've had the same jokes for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these team names we've had have been spawned from inside jokes from years ago. Yeah. Um, we put a tournament team together, uh, a couple of years ago called doing it for brim mm-hmm. and it was the jersey was just a large version of this guy's face on our jersey and that was it <laughs> like blown up face. blown up face well, that was it just his face the name on the back was brim for, for every, everyone everybody that's awesome um we have steven seagulls um we had a tur- our tournament team was going to be the rock lobsters and we've got I, a logo yeah. of the rock and a lobster uh, combination um, we had a team in Eulis called uh, Sharktopus, where uh-huh. we had a, a shark and an octopus mixed together. Um, but it mostly just comes from um, inside jokes from over the years. And I'll usually find, you know, some graphic artist to do us a logo. And I, I've got a jersey guy that I can send the designs to, and he'll mm-hmm. print us off jerseys fairly cheap. Um, but it's one of those things that's... It's, it's kind of just a silly joke. and it just... But it builds your camaraderie, you know, for as weird as it is, you know, that's what men's league's about, you know. It's just kind of building that camaraderie and kind of putting those kind of cool, you know, team names together and cool teams. And so as we're kind of, you know, getting a little bit closer to the end, I feel like we would be missing out on a huge opportunity to talk about our good friend, Milt Highfield. You're a good friend of us. See, Coach, there goes. Coach Milt. Coach Milt. Coach Milt. So can you just kind of go back without, you know, throwing him under the bus in any way? How'd you guys meet? Because I think you guys have this kind of really cool relationship to where, you know, you kind of bust balls a little bit. But that's how you know that, like, it's a good friend. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, you know, I kind of met you, met him, and then kind of knew that you guys were friends. But just the way that you guys kind of interact is always just really funny to me because it's just, you can tell you guys are close and have known, you know, each other for a while. But it's just been kind of cool. Yeah, so so Coach 
Milt. Um, I think he joined the Misfits, which is our team up in Euless for, for almost a decade. I think he joined us up there one year. Um, and just as, as a, a free agent, we picked up, um, they're like, Hey, we need, we need, we need somebody. And the link rink was like, Hey, we got this guy. He can kind of skate. He's not really that great of a hockey player. And we're like, perfect. We'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really think they said that, but that was my interpretation <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, hey, anytime that the rink is like, yeah, we got a guy. It's like, well, how did he not find a team? How come he didn't fight? You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where I completely um, understand. But, but yeah, so he played with us uh, up in Euless, and then I found out he lived in Mansfield, and I was like, oh, dang, you're like a minute away from me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he played with us um, up here in Mansfield, I think the first year, mm-hmm. um, and then graduated to, I guess, a far more superior team. No, to be, no, to be honest with you, here's the funny story is because there was, um, you know, there was a couple teams that needed some guys and they were just like two guys away from not, you know, not fielding this whole team. So for this, this past season, Milt and Brian Lee, our general manager of the rink have been on our team. The previous two seasons before that, they were on two other teams. So I've actually played against them, which kind of creates this little rivalry in the office. You know what I mean? It's like one of those to where, you know, I, I, I really like Brian. I really like Milt, but there was just something about those games being like, all right, guys, like you wanted to lead the team. Okay. Like, let's go. Just kind of this like kind of cool, uh, you know, kind of cool rivalry that maybe got a little bit. Cause I think you're a lot like me. You're, you know, you're chill, you're fun, you're cool. But like when you step out on the ice, like it's kind of just like a different thing. You know, I, I've kind of always had this and I've had this since I was a little kid and I still have it now and I wish it would go away, but I get like almost too much energy before the game, you know, and this is just men's league. I know it is. I know it's just men's league, but if you look at me before a game, I'm either pacing or I'm like doing a weird, I can't sit still until I actually kind of hit that ice. And I think it's one of those, you're just kind of, you're kind of just, uh, I don't want to say predisposed, but you're, that's just how you've learned to be competitive and to be like, you know, that there's an event coming. So like, even if the games, I don't know, eight 30, you know, at noon, I'm like, okay, like it's coming up and you get just a little bit more energy, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And all of a sudden it's game time and you're just, you just have so much, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing, but there are certainly times where you're like, okay, this is just a men's league game, you know? But when I'm out there, like this, just, I almost don't, control how I feel, you know, things can happen to me, but it's just, you know, um, and I've always kind of talked about hockey being meditative for me a little bit. There's so much going on and you have to focus on so many things that you're not thinking about your bill that's due. You're not thinking about any of that. It's just the game. But I think the, you know, the part that that kind of leads into is, okay, you're so focused on that that sometimes you got to take a step back and be like, okay, it's just a game, which is why I really like, that's why I really like drop-in because I don't get it for drop-in. Drop-in right. is just very, and you're out at the drop-ins quite a bit. And, you know, we talked about this, I don't know, past few weeks or whatever, but that Friday afternoon drop-in is really, you know, there'll be some good players, you know, like, you know, you, me, Brian, you know, whoever, but then there'll also be just some guys that are kind of, you know, starting off and, and, and kind of get better or, you know, getting better with it. But, you know, that to me is just kind of more like, I don't necessarily like unleashing this weird competitive thing in me all the time, you know, but I just know that that's just going to happen during men's league because, everything counts and I don't, you know, there's a certain amount of pride that you have in yourself and it kind of, you know, it can kind of make it, make some things good and make some things bad, but it's just never changed. The older I get, it just still stays with me, you know, and you see that a bunch of players that have played for a long time. Like we still just have this sort of pride and we still just, we, we don't want to get beat, you know? I mean, yeah, we're, we're athletes, right? Like you, you go out there and you want to win, yeah. whether it's for fun or competitive, or you, you still want to win, right? And, and I'm the same way. I, I know I'm guilty of, like, trying to get to the rink, like, two hours early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm already there. I, I'm there, like, eight uh, hours before the game know, just because I'm working. But, yeah. We have, a, you know, a 9 o'clock game, and it's 6.30. I'm thinking, when can I, when can I mention to the wife that i got to leave? Yeah, you know, yeah. how, how much longer can I, yeah. can I, can I wait to, to mention this? Yeah. Um, and I'm, us- I'm usually the first one there, second one. You know, goalies get there kind of early yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. They're yeah. weird like that. They have that, a lot of but, stretching to do. But, um, but I'm usually there early, and I end up, you know, I'm just dicking around the whole time, mm-hmm. not not necessarily getting ready but just you want to be there right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely no i've always been i've never been one of those and it's not even about it's not even about being on time it's just about like this is where my focus is like i can be outside of this rink right now but my focus is already inside the rink so it's like you kind of your your brain's already there 
So like you just you want to get your body there because you want to feel like, you know, because when you're growing up and you're playing, you know, competitive hockey or whatever, it's like you were there an hour, at least an hour before the game because that was, you know, because you, you just you never wanted to walk into a rink and then step on the ice a few minutes later. That was just like never in my, that wasn't enough time for me to kind of calibrate my whatever you want to call it. But it was just kind of this uh, kind of this cool thing. But um, I do think that this this kind of skate that we're going to try and start. I think that it's going to be one of those like kind of calming kind of, you know, it's going to be just one of those easy skates. Everybody's kind of, you know, just kind of the get along and enjoy the sport. And we're going to have some people on there that are just kind of getting into it. And that, I like, I do like to have those, but at the end of the day, I still really kind of like that. You know, I still always have to have a bit of men's league in my life, you know, and what people, I don't know if people are listening, understand, but like we're playing against people that we consider friends. It's not that we're out there and we just want to oh kill the other team, whatever. But, you know, I would say that uh, Brian Lee, our general manager, He's a very like close friend of mine, but when he plays on the other team, I it makes it even more competitive, you know. And it and he is a like I said, a good close friend. But when we're out there, I know that he's gonna bring it. I know that he's gonna try his hardest. So why can't you know? It, it, it's this really kind of cool thing, and I do think it's a lot safer in kind of the higher divisions that we play in, though, because people understand that. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before about you know so, some of these when you watch some of the lower division games. People will think, you know, in the way that they describe these incidents is they really think that like, oh, like I was attacked by this guy. You're like, okay, let me check the video out. Oh, no, like he couldn't skate. You couldn't skate. You both went into a corner like they just haven't played long enough to realize like, no, that was completely, um, you know, that, that, that was not on purpose. And it's just kind of one of those things to where we can kind of get away with a little bit more because everybody that we kind of play with knows that there's a line, you know, and that like, OK, even if it's crossed a little bit, you know, not to go too far over it. But you, know, you see some of these other guys, they just kind of freak out because they think somebody tried to kill them, which just kind of was never, never the case in the first place. So yeah, and, and I think there's kind of a, of a neat point. I don't know that if cities up north are like this or not, but, you know, as much as I like to, you know, scowl at, at a referee every now and then, you know, we have the same, at least in Mansfield, the same, what, seven or eight refs that, mm -hmm. that handle most of these men's league games. And I think for the most part, they know, hey, this guy can skate, this guy can't skate. You know, this guy is this and that. And they kind of know some of these things. And that maybe helps them make some of these oh, sure. calls a little easier. If they know that, hey, this guy's only been playing for a year and mm -hmm. is just learning versus this guy who played juniors, right? Like, if yeah. he falls into the boards, it's probably his fault. Yeah. But if this guy falls, maybe someone tripped him or something or, you yeah. know, something like that. And, and there's also just kind of, uh, this happens all the time in the higher games, but, like, when people go into corners, it really is kind of controlled. You know, you're going in with another person, like you're both kind of agreeing that you're going to kind of wait till you get to the puck, then battle. Cause if you start battling before you get to the boards, somebody, you know, there, there's kind of that, I was kind of liken it to like that three or four foot rule. If somebody's four or, th or three or four feet off of the boards and they get knocked the wrong way or trip, th that's how people end up getting paralyzed. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, wait till you get to the boards and people that have played a while, they understand this, but wait till you get to the boards. Then once you're there, then battle for it. But when you're trying to battle, you know, skating up towards the boards, there's just so many things that can kind of happen, you know, in between that could cause like really, really, you know, and I've never personally seen anything that has led to, you know, anybody being, uh, you know, paralyzed or anything like that, but it, it does happen. And I think most of the time it just happens because people aren't kind of uh kind of aware that that is uh one of the most dangerous plays in hockey because there's just so many things that like i said that could happen so um hey so one of the things i want to get to though you know before we leave is you know i i wanted to have you on here just because part of me felt bad i'm like this is the guy that's behind the scenes he's a huge part of the success of this podcast and you know besides this kind of little you know, shout out at the end, like really just, you know, people haven't got a chance to, to meet you yet. You know what I mean? So I'm like really glad that you're kind of able to come on here and now people can, can kind of put a voice to the name and all that. And you're going to be a part of all these, you know, things that we're going to uh, try and do in the future. But I wouldn't, you know, and I, I talked to Rubes about this, but I still wouldn't want you to be a part of this whole thing if I didn't think that you understood the vision that I have. And, you know, you're, we were talking about the Mansfield rink being built and, and all this stuff. And I just, I feel really, really comfortable with you kind of being, you know, and Rubes is a partner, but, you know, I really see like you as kind of my partner in this whole thing. And I know that I can get up here and I can talk and do all these things. But at the end of the day, like if I 
can't reach people, then it doesn't really matter, you know? And, and this has always started off kind of being a, a hobby for me, but it's one of those things to where when people start liking it, or you, you almost feel like you kind of owe it to them to put something out there that's good, you know? And so it's almost like I didn't start off with this responsibility that I feel now. And now I feel this thing like, oh, like people like it and I like doing what I do, but I want the people that are helping me get to where I am. I want them to get their dues and their props and, you know, and uh, it's just one of those things to where I think if you're doing the right thing, people notice it. And I think that's what happened with you. And I think that you already kind of had that vision in kind of a a different and, and separate way and just... When you do the right things, people like being a part of it. And I feel like we're just on this, this kind of train. So when people think about the face-off spa with Adam Larson, whatever, there's like other people involved in this, you know, like I, you might, like I said, you wouldn't be listening to it if Matt didn't help me out and, you know, um, Rube's helping me out. There's just, there's so many things that are making this easier for me. And I wouldn't have it without just this really awesome kind of group. And even Corby and Newman, they're coming out with ideas. Like the, the whole skate, that was actually Newman's idea. You know, and it's like I'm having these this help that if I didn't have like, but it all goes back to community. You know, it, it, without that community, everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses and all these kind of kind of things. And so, like, I, I realize that I'm not super strong in some of these areas, but it's like, look, if I have good people around me that share that vision, like, I feel like that's how good things end up happening. You know? Yeah, it's it's definitely about the the kind of team you bring with you and. And I like doing this stuff just for fun anyway. Yeah. So when I when I saw the podcast the first time, I was like, I can, I can help him out. I can set up this. I can set up this, right? Um, but, you know, with, without kind of a vision or without kind of a, a goal in mind, that doesn't mean much. Yeah. Um, but I do software development too, right? And, and when I, you know, build something and I see other people using it, like that encourages me to do do more, right? Yeah. If I see, see people are using this or they're asking for some feature, right? Oh, let me build this in there. Let me do something else. Let me make this thing the best I can. If you're going to spend time, money on yeah. something, like just make it the best you can. And if you need help, maybe find someone to help you or ask for help or something, but like always try to do the best that you can. And I think, you know, I, I obviously that's what we're doing here. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And like, you know, and hopefully people have been listening long enough to where they kind of know that, you know, these people that I'm bringing on, and I say this all the time, like they're, they're a part of this whole thing. Like it's, it's, it's not just me. Like, uh, I came in and here's the weird part. I don't know if anybody realized, but there's, there's always been a third person in the studio the whole time. So we got, we, we got Steven here. He's, he's the one that runs, runs the, uh, uh, the studio here in Mansfield, but, I can remember the first time that I came in and I, we had set a meeting together or a meeting up that I was going to come in and just talk about wanting to do a podcast. And it was one of those things I had really thought about for like a majority of the quarantine. Like when you kind of go through that quarantine, there was never a point where I was like, okay, the world's going to end. But it gave me enough time to think about like, what are some of the things that I've been wanting to do for a long time that I never did or I never, you know, got started. And this was kind of one of those things. And I can remember even just that first meeting I was supposed to have with Steve, you know, I came in, there There was like a slight chance that like, I just wasn't even going to come in and meet with him because I was second guessing the whole thing. I was like, you know, I'm sure everybody thinks that, you know, they can put up all this stuff. And it was just really, really cool. He invited me on his podcast about Mansfield, you know, right after our conversation. I'm like, okay, like, all right, this is a real thing now. Like, okay, we're, we're moving forward with this. And if anybody listening, check out about Mansfield, because it's awesome, especially if you live in Mansfield. It's funny, Matt Taylor actually uh, reached out to me. He's like, oh, you're on about Mansfield. It's like, okay, yeah, people know people in Mansfield. They, 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 they know about this. But, you know, even Steve, Steve's involved in this, you know, and he believes in this. It's, it's one of those things to where I want everybody to be successful that is involved in this in any way because that's where this train's headed and I just want everybody that's listening everybody that wants to be involved like that's where that's 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 where we're headed so if you're into this you know if, if, if you like this podcast I know that we came out with this cool neat little I can't say I did Facebook page like you know reach out like I don't know what the, we can do on there but people can reach out to us on that can't they yeah I mean reach out if you have questions you want to talk about you can send them there I mean I think the I think what you're supposed to say in the podcast world is um 
If you like the podcast, uh, subscribe on iTunes and, oh, and, and rate and rate the podcast. See, Matt Taylor helps me out all the time. See, this this is this is li- literally live. What happens in our messages? Because there are times I'll uh, I'll text Matt Taylor like one a.m. I'm like, how do I turn my computer on? You know, it's just really like kind of just basic stuff that he's like, all right, Adam, like you just need to. But you know, like I said, these people they wouldn't be listening if you weren't involved, and it certainly wouldn't be able to kind of reach the people that it does. Because we were kind of talking before this, like. You know, this this thing that you got me set up on, it kind of shows, you know, the globe and the country. And these were all these people are listening to all over the place. We're like, there's people in the United Kingdom listening to this thing. Like, let's go. Like, let's roll. Let's make this happen. But, you know, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even gone to that website in the first place if you just hadn't kind of told me, you know, kind of what, what to look for. So, um, all right. Well, I think we're getting kind of close on time. So, do you have anybody you want to shout out? Any uh, teams? Any friends? Wives? We've um, had everything so far. So yeah, you can no, shout out I will. Anybody. I'll definitely say uh, thank you to my wife for letting me leave for the first time Smart in, man. in, in three go. months. Yeah. This is the first like outing I've ever had in, in, in the past uh, couple of months. So this has been exciting. Yeah, I've seen other people. Yeah. Well, hey, like you know, if if this is going to be your first time to socialize, then you know it's just like jump straight into it, right? You like just record it. Okay, this is the first time you've been out of the house. Like, hey, let's get this on record here. Uh, but no, it's it, it's kind of funny. I've been kind of out and about a little bit, so I you know it's just kind of waiting to kind of get out. But you know, like I said, thanks for coming on. And for everybody listening, uh, I say this every time, we got episodes coming out every Thursday. We record on Wednesday. Um, but check us out and and like our Facebook page if you haven't already, uh, Face Off Spot. Um, you know, we just, we're trying to grow this thing, but I feel like it's for all the right reasons. So anyway, thanks for listening and check us out next Thursday. Episodes every Thursday. Later, guys. <laughs>